There has been a satanic grip on secular culture for millennia. Many churches are not surprised by this and would even agree. But is there a wolf in sheep's clothing effect that is infiltrating the church and leading even our own Christian soldiers down a path of confusion that will ultimately render them weaker in spiritual warfare? The word of God says my people are destroyed, destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Yet there is a tremendous lack of knowledge in the church today regarding spiritual warfare. So what are we missing? How do we effectively equip ourselves as soldiers in the war against the prince of the power of the air? All of that and more right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Skywatch TV. We continue this week in a very special investigative series on the subject of spiritual warfare. But before we get into the books that are the subject of discussion today, let me introduce who's in-house. He holds doctorates in theology and religious education, is the chancellor and founder of Biblical Life College and Seminary, Dr. Michael Lake. He's the author of multiple books and Bible studies, the senior pastor of Mount Zion Road Church in Pennsylvania, and a graduate of Biblical Life College and Seminary, Mr. Corby Shuey. You know, last week it was discovered, if you've never seen Dr. Michael Lake on TV, he can't help himself. He is a pastor, <laughs> a preacher. A preacher. Yeah. Stuck on a TV show, right, Mr. Lake? That's, That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. And he'll so, come out at any moment. And he yeah. could come, he's, you're probably going to see him today. But if you missed last week, it was absolute fire. It was one of the times that wasn't Donna Howell erupting into a spontaneous <laughs> sermon here at the Skywatch TV studios. Today we're talking about the brand new books, The Kingdom Warrior by Dr. Michael Lake, the subtitle, Full Spectrum Spiritual Warfare, Biblical Clearing and Maintaining Your Spiritual Perimeter and the brand new book by Corby Shuey, For Valor, Defending the Faith for Those of Worth. Both of these works work so well together in equipping the army of God to wage war on the powers of darkness that are, are behind every evil atrocity that we see taking place in our country and in Western civilization throughout the world, frankly. Yeah. From trafficking to the dismantling of the church family Tons of our pastors and youth pastors addicted to pornography, which is driving this hellacious need to feed flesh and to go places in their imagination that they never dreamed possible just the decade prior when they probably at one point were serving the Lord before they gave in to themselves. The warfare is real, Yes, Michael. We hear a lot about the subject of spiritual warfare. We talked about it all of last week, and your book deals thoroughly with that subject, but many people may not be familiar with the idea that there are actual doctrines of demons, too, for people unfamiliar, doctrines of demons. Well, first of all, we've got to bring it back to its Hebraic context. In the modern world, we draw from the Greco-Roman mentality that I want to see your doctrinal statement. What are, what are your creeds? Don't we hang them on the wall in a church? And that's what we look at. That's not what the Apostle Paul's talking here. Hebraically, doctrine is how to live. So it's like God's Torah. This, this is the way that you live. Paul said that when there was another Torah working on the inside of him that was counter to the Torah of God, hell has its Torah. Hell has its doctrines. It has its laws. 
And I think one of the things that we, we don't understand is that there is a way that principalities and powers and rulers at the Tower of Babel, when God basically divorced humanity and gave them over to the principalities, powers, and rulers that aligned themselves with Nimrod, and he gave mankind over that and said, now out of Babylon, I'm going to take one guy, I'm going to make my own nation. And he picked up Abraham. How do they control humanity? They begin seeding humanity with a false way to live that has a spiritual power behind it. And the Apostle Paul said, listen, when you mature in the Lord, you're not, you're not subject to all these winds of doctrine that they will blow through humanity to uh, accomplish whatever they want accomplished. The world teaches us every day on television, commercials, this is how you live. Right. This is how you look cool. This, this is how you're going to find satisfaction. And they produce sexualization, materialism, all these different things. All of that is doctrines of demons. And so much of it has infiltrated the church and with us not realizing because we didn't understand what doctrine is. Any teaching of a way to live other than what's written in the Word of God is a doctrine of a demon, a principality, a power, a ruler of darkness. It's their way of controlling humanity. What are the winds of doctrine that the Apostle Paul speaks of in Ephesians 4.14? Because that's another significant revelation in it your is. book. And then you know, that leads right into what we're talking about. We're seeing winds of doctrine blowing today. Right. Principalities and powers, they're trying to redefine what humanity is. Right. They're trying to usher us into transhumanism. They have gotten us so conditioned we can't even tell what a male or female is right. anymore. Yep. You can go to a kindergarten Unless they have been indoctrinated by a teacher, you know, kindergarten cop, you know, that little kid gets up and this is what little boys are and this is what little girls are. <laughs> Somehow we've, because we have been conditioned by these every winds of doctrine that every aspect of society that hints of originating in the word of God, they're trying to take us away from to prepare us for the son of perdition when he arrives. Now, does some of this stuff link back to what your book is referring to as a mind virus, or is this... Oh, what, what is a mind virus? Break that down. A mind virus is, is something that is empowered by the enemy to take hold in humanity. In, in fact, Tom writes about, he calls it a Gregory, when we look at the French Revolution. Mm -hmm. That was a mind virus that an entire society went mad for two or three years. And even proponents of it were getting their own heads cut off. Mm. But what was the end game of that mind virus they ran into the hands of a dictator named Napoleon. Mm -hmm. So very possibly what they're doing is to try to break down every aspect of society to where there's no way of redeeming it, there's no way of having any hope so that we run into the arms of the last dictator. We call the Antichrist or the son of perdition. But it has a spiritual base. It has to be empowered by these principalities or powers and it becomes a virus and that it becomes contagious. Yeah. We've seen, we've seen this. Uh, contagious memes is kind of a, mo a modern term for what you're talking about out of Scripture. But we've seen this over just the last few years with different groups, BLM, things like that, where they start spreading these contagious mm -hmm. ideas, defund the police, whatever. To most of us, it sounds so ridiculous, so ignorant as to be immediately rejected. And yet it caught on so much that right. they burned down several of the major cities right. in America, and they're still doing it today. You know, like California and some of these communities that at one time were doing so well and so prosperous, and now they're literally just being absolutely ruined mm -hmm. by leftist contagious memes, just these ideas that are negative and damaging or 
as, yeah. as you're saying, doctrines of demons or a mind virus. And the church is unaware that there are occult supernatural powers behind, behind those that. to enforce it. That's what makes it so contagious. Right. And so as far as I'm concerned, anything the world's doing, you do a 160. Right. Mm, for and you sure. find God. Amen. Yeah. And Amen. that's where the Man, answer that's and that's where the answer is because on the one hand you have the whole extreme leftist community today that's creating all this different kind of cancel culture crap and all that. And the, and these contagious means ideas that are actually negative. They're degenerative to society, to to the wider culture. But God has the antidote, you're saying, in that he says, Yeah, but the word of God is quick and powerful yeah. and sharper right. than any two edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and moral and join and is mm -hmm. a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the hearts. I mean, so we also have a contagious meme that's Amen. far more powerful. Right. In fact, it's the one Jesus is going to be using as a weapon when he returns, Amen. right? Well, yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Jesus did something that was absolutely unheard of when he said the kingdom of God was like leaven. Historically, from Moses to Jesus, only mystery Babylon was referred to as leaven only it was contagious. You let a little in, it'll percolate through. And he says, listen, I'm coming to bring a new dynamic. And when you let me in, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be satisfied until I get the whole lump. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, that's what we have. We need, to, we need to change our mindsets. I am an ambassador mm -hmm. of another kingdom. Right. My ministry is an embassy mm -hmm. of another kingdom. Yeah. I could care less what they teach because it is a foreign nation. Mm -hmm. wow. It doesn't change what I'm teaching because I've been brought in to be salt and light in the midst of darkness. And until we get that mentality, instead of being popular to the world, the only way that the church of Jesus Christ has significance, God is kadosh, he's holy, which means the absolute other. I'm the absolute other <laughs> because I'm a reflection of him in the earth. Right. Oh, mm -hmm. come on. Amen. And the only way that I have significance in the earth is to be an example of the absolute other by walking in the doctrine of the kingdom yeah. rather than doctrines right. of demons. Right. That's right. it. That's, That's it, so Dr. Good. Lake. For real. That, that is so spot on because we have been so trained to de-supernaturalize the Bible and read it in a mm -hmm. de-supernaturalized way that we Christians think that our only weapon are the weapons of the flesh in the natural realm. We have to win Congress. We have to win right. the White House. We have to stack the Supreme Court with conservative justices. And those are all important things because politics governs the way we live in this realm and our freedom to speak truth to power. But ultimately, as you say, we are ambassadors of another kingdom. Mm -hmm. And that is, our, that is our mission. Our power yeah. is the Word of God. Do you know what's going to change Washington? Is when the church of Jesus Christ is so on fire with God, it causes them to fear God. Amen. Amen. That's it. Amen. You're right. Oh, that's so that, good. That sound bite could be our last broadcast. We're done, ladies and gentlemen. Just play that over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, and you're sitting here talking about kingdoms and ambassadors and these bodies over here and these bodies over here, my instructions come from the Lord. The political heat now, one of the most popular growing political ideologies is the use of violence just might be necessary to separate ourselves from people that we refuse to coexist with. And that's on both sides, by the way. Yeah. I don't care if you identify as a Republican. The acceptance now that there might just have to be a civil war, doggone yeah. it. This is becoming, this is becoming the intolerant, boiling over 
of two to five factions that just refuse to come together. I do not see this coming together politically. There's no political lever. And for the phonies and rhinos and the GOP that are out there pretending to be opposition to some of the stuff that Tom is describing here, it's on them as well. But it's also on the inactive comatose church. Yes. The people that won't be brave enough to talk about the realities of trafficking and what's going on with their children. Borders, gates. Yeah. And I know that we're going to get into the spiritual on this right now, Dr. Lake, because your book deals with the ancient world, why they insisted on things like borders and gates. Why back then was it so important to these cities to have a way of saying, this is the line, and if you're not with us, you're on the outside of that gate, you're not part of what we're doing here. Why was that so important to them? Marauders. We're having social marauders today that are trying to dismantle everything. Growing up as a kid, I heard, you know, the gates of hell should not prevent you. And this was an elder in the gate. The only gate I ever saw was a chain link fence. And I'm thinking, why is that so significant? You know, <laughs> right. I don't see any big deal. The walls and the gates of ancient cities, many times they were, they were so thick they could have chariot races on the top. Right. And they had their judicial system. They had the elders of the city all had offices within the gates. They had their, their military based in the gates. And so they basically said not only who gets in, but what's allowed in the city. Mm-hmm. And the rabbis took from this that, you know, in, in Jesus' day, the rabbis decided what kind of merchandise was and what kind of merchants were going to be done in their cities. And that's where Jesus got into binding and loosing. There's two, there's two avenues of binding and loosing. One is spiritual warfare. He did at Mount Hermon. The other is he said, listen, I give the ecclesia authority to decide what they're going to allow in their homes and in their communities. Mm. I give you the power to say, my house isn't doing that. My community isn't doing that. And let me tell you something, that's still in the force today. When he did that, Rome was in charge. We have the right, well, whatever garbage is going on in Washington, I have a right as a, as a citizen of the kingdom saying, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve God because I'm the gatekeeper of my home. Mm -hmm. The pastor is the gatekeeper of his church. Pastors should be the ones saying, this is what we're going to allow in the community and not allow in the community, not BLM or anybody else. It should be the men of God that give their lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ and would lay down their life for the sheep. Yeah. Amen. But wow. somehow or another, we have lost all that because we've lost the concept of gatekeepers. Years ago, um, I won't say the name because you might know him. He was a, he was a fairly well-known pastor in California. Anita and I were invited to dinner to their home. We're at the home. We're visiting with them. And he tells me that they're having this real issue that the baby will just start screaming from inside the other room. And they go in the other room, and the baby's got red marks all over it where it's being punched by something invisible. And I I sat there and listened to his story. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. And I said, well, I would know what to do. I said, I would never allow that in my home. As the gatekeeper of my home, I have the power to determine what can and cannot spiritually happen yes. in that home. And so we prayed over the baby, and it stopped. Oh, wow. and, uh, but it was, a, it was a lesson learned that you're a pastor and well-known. You're still drinking the milk of the Word. You right. don't even know who you are or what authority or what power you have. You don't have to allow that to happen. One other thing about the gates, when I saw this in your book, you know that in uh, so many of these ancient cultures, Assyria especially, they would bury idols under the mm. floorway when you walk through the gateway. You couldn't come through the gate that you didn't walk right over these entities uh. that were buried in the soil. Donna, it was like an anti-threshold 
ceremony. So with, with Jesus, you have the threshold ceremony and, and the blood threshold on the covenant. door. Right. Yeah. But in this case, it was the opposite of that. It was a demonic threshold ceremony you were unwittingly participating in when you walked oh. through the gateways into those cities. So it goes back to your book. It's all mm. spiritual warfare. There are entities that are at war mimicking everything that God does for a negative uh, purpose. Parents, you have, a, you have the authority of God to say, this is what is allowed in my home. This is what is not allowed in my home. And for you guys at home, you have something extremely powerful. On that remote, <laughs> there is an off button. Hey. Oh. Amen. <laughs> Imagine that. And if, if you have an advertiser promoting something that you don't want, you can email them or write them and saying, I will never, ever buy your product again. Mm -hmm. I've got a long list of places I'll never shop, places I'm never going to eat again That's because all. they're promoting things <laughs> that I do not want my dollar going toward That's and it. I have authority over my wallet. There yeah. you go. Okay. I have authority of what I allow into my life. Right. And it, guys, that's why every decision that we make is spiritual warfare. Right. Am I not only not allowing the enemy in, I want to make sure that I'm not aiding and abetting the enemy in what he's doing in the world. Mm -hmm. Financing. Yep. It's That's interesting, right. too, right. that you bring that up. And this is a whole other show. I don't want to get off on this. But if you'll do what Dr. Lake is suggesting, if you will, if you will decide, I have determined I will not participate and support the companies that do not reflect my values, what my wife and I have determined is that there's not a lot that we can do anymore in this world. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like it's a lot of going to the lake with the kids. It's a lot of that because between, you know, the food that they've corrupted and the movies that are corrupt and the people behind all of these organizations and institutes and large big box stores and everything else, it's, it, well, we know who the God of this world is, don't we, Dr. Lake? Absolutely. <laughs> and you get into the Word of God, you have so much fun that a lot of this other stuff loses its, its luster. Right. We want to make sure that you know how you can get your copies of both of these incredible new works in the Warriors of God special offer. When you order the Warriors of God special offer, you'll receive the Kingdom Warrior Full Spectrum Spiritual Warfare, Biblical Clearing and Maintaining Your Spiritual Perimeter by Dr. Michael Lake. But you'll also receive the brand new book by Corby Shuey, For Valor, Defending the Faith for Those of Worth. Both of these works complement each other fabulously and take you on a journey of next level comprehension of spiritual warfare. But that's not all. Right now, when you order the Warriors of God special offer, we're also including absolutely free the phenomenal two-disc collection on DVD, The Final Countdown, featuring Dr. Thomas Horn, Allie Anderson, and Donna Howell on how the secrets hidden within the biblical feasts unveil the final countdown to the return of Jesus Christ and the rapture of the church. But also included in this incredible special offer is Dr. Michael Lake's massive Shearith Imperative data DVD library that includes 56 different Christian classic books on PDF for use on device of your choosing, Understanding the Kingdom audio series, the eSword biblical software for Windows, and several TV appearances featuring Dr. Michael Lake. All of these items hold a retail value of $95, yours now for your donation of only $35 plus shipping and handling. Trust me, it's not a special opportunity that you want to miss out on. Make sure you go to the skywatchtvstore.com. You can also use the QR code that's on your screen right now using the camera app on your phone. Do it right away. Ladies and gentlemen, with just a few minutes left on the clock, Dr. Lake, 
getting back to the kingdom warrior and, and some of the elements of four valor that deal with the aspects of spiritual warfare that we're talking about, in dealing with the concept of our intertwining relationship with God, what powerful verse, okay, did you forget to put in the book? Yeah, I'm getting old. <laughs> Every Christian knows that those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Now, if anybody needs that, it's today. Right. And I have heard preachers over the years try to describe what that waiting is. None of them can do it because none of them ever go to the Hebrew. Okay. The Hebrew is mikra, which means those who intertwine themselves with God, that your life becomes to the place where you can't tell where you begin and God begins. On the end of Shabbat, in a Jewish home, they have something called the Havdalah candle, which is a candle that is interwoven together because it's to remind them that during Shabbat, they're supposed to be concentrating on the things of God. They're to be intertwined with God. And I also brought a prayer shawl. And on the end of the prayer shawl, this is the, the Zitzi, the Tachalet. And if you notice, it has a blue cord in it. A true one has a blue cord. And that blue cord represents Messiah. And when you, you put it all together, you have the knots that actually spell out yod heh vav Do you ever wonder how Jesus, when he comes back, is going to have the name of God on his thigh? Hmm. Jesus is not into tattoos. <laughs> but he's wearing a zitzi. Hmm. And so this, if you're riding a horse, it'd be laying on, on your thigh wow. that he has the name of God. And you take the knots and the number of cords, it's exactly 613. So the only way that you can live the word of God is you have got to be intertwined with Messiah. Mm. That's what this represented. And somehow or another, we have so compartmentalized. Walking with God is something I do on Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> wow. Right. Really? Really? I mean, we've been so trained that in a lot of churches, you leave your Bible at church right next to the hymnal. You don't even take it home with you. <laughs> Because you use it as a talisman or something to kind of wave it around on Sunday morning. <laughs> I live by this, but I don't even know what it says. <laughs> Glory to God. Right. Just tell me how I'm going to get rich. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Wow. But every, every day. What a nightmare. We're to, we're to be intertwined with God. And, and see, there's, there's a strategic nature to that. You know, the armor that we're given is not your armor. Mm -hmm. It's the armor of God. Mm-hmm. And if you're wearing it and you're acting like God because you're doing his word, if you have the visor down, the devil doesn't know if it's you or him. Don't lift the visor up and act like a goober. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> when you start doing the things of God, Jesus is behind you saying, that's my kid. Oh, yeah. boy. And if you mess with him because he's doing what I'm telling him to do, you're going to have to mess with me. Right. Mm. But somehow we, we think that we can live any way we want to live because of grace. Mm. Grace is never an excuse to sin. It's the power of God to overcome sin. That's right. right. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, we, we, we deal with generational curses. And people say, I, I want to say this 30-second prayer and get rid of this generational curse. It won't work. Mm. Because one aspect of it is repentance. The other aspect is you got to start doing the opposite of it, start doing righteousness mm -hmm. so that God can start taking out his eraser and start erasing this stuff out of your life that gives the devil reason to get into your life. Mm. This gets back into the kingdom priesthood. It's a sacrifice when everything in you says, I want this sin, but you choose righteousness. God said, did you see the sacrifice he just flopped on the, on the altar? 
I'm going to add the fire of God to that, and I'm going to consume that thing, and I'm wow. going to bless him because he chose me mm -hmm. over the world. Mm. That's how we express love for God. Amen. That's, that's, what, that's what causes us to begin to be intertwined with God is because when the, when the world holds out its best and your flesh is screaming for it, and you, exousia, you now have the power of choice. Mm -hmm. I choose Jesus. I choose the kingdom. There's a life-changing moments of empowerment. Mm -hmm. You just took the devil, you shoved him out your front door and put a deadbolt on that lock. <laughs> wow. And you opened up a new door that only God can enter through in your life. Yeah, so good. As you're sitting there talking, so much of what's going through the back of my mind is would the condition of what we're seeing in Western civilization exist? And this is a rhetorical question. Would it even be possible to be where we are in a culture that, like Tom was talking about earlier, infighting and, and people ready now to demonstrate violence upon those that they f view as political adversaries? We're now going to bludgeon you over the head with a pipe, if need be, because you will not vote the way that we insist that you vote. And then, of course, there's the whole question about whether we still have elections in this country versus staged kabuki theater. And would, would, would all of this be possible to exist this way without the absence of a church who has long since forgotten the authority that they have through Christ? And when you're sitting here, are you guys feeling this infectious, like we all need a little bit of Dr. Lake, right? Yeah. He's, he's got this fire that you can't uh, manufacture, it's this authentic anointing that's, that, that I'm experiencing right now. And I'm wondering if America hasn't forgotten its fear of the Lord. Oh, absolutely. Why is that so important to maintain a healthy fear of the Lord? It doesn't mean walk around like you've got a, a ghost behind your shoulders, and your, but a healthy fear of the Lord. It deals with respect. I respect God more than I respect the world. I respect God more than I respect your opinion. For sure. If your opinion's different than God, you're out of luck, okay, as far as I'm concerned. Jesus, when every, every aspect of his ministry was spiritual warfare, every bit of it. His disciples came to him and said, Lord, when it comes to getting stuff done in prayer, the rabbis really stink like fish on ice. Teach me how to pray. The first thing he started with was the fear of the Lord. Hallowed be thy name. Mm -hmm. You see, in Isaiah chapter 11, the, the seven anointings of Messiah the seven anointings of the Holy Spirit, the key that opens it's the fear of God. Mm. The Bible says that he would be quick in the fear of God. He would do it instinctively. And that's what Jesus did. I won't do anything unless he says to do it. I'm not going to do anything unless he first shows it to me. Mm. I didn't come to do my will. I came to do his. He's our example that he walked in the fear of God. Even when he got to Gethsemane and he felt the weight of our rebellion against God, he said, not my will, thine be done. Mm -hmm. That's the fear of God. You have to walk in a respect. Either you're respecting the devil in his fear or you're respecting God in his fear. If I have the fear of God because I love him, it casts out all other fear. Because we haven't done that, we're more afraid of public opinion. We're more afraid of ratings. We're more afraid of whatever than God. And that, that, that has neutered the church. It has taken away our strength. I couldn't have said it better, Dr. Michael Lake. We are unfortunately once again hitting that moment where we've run out of time. But ladies and gentlemen at home and here in the studio, 
Next week, our guests return to talk about the gradual grooming of the masses to blindly accept the deconstruction of knowledge, identity, and truth in trade for deceptive lullabies sung by the father of lies. All of that next week right here on Skywatch TV. It's not going to be one that you're going to want to miss for everybody in studio, everybody on panel. Dr. Michael Lake, Corby Shuey, I'm Joe Artis Horn. Keep your eyes on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. We'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>